Minute 38 remaining. They lead by 10 points. It's Fremantle's game yeah. to lose here. Sandalands the big fist. Oh, look at that what field change somehow. Alright, Matt Judd, welcome, how are you? G'day man, good to be back after a short, uh, short little break. Yeah, a little hiatus after an exciting game, the North game. Unfortunately, we have to skip that and uh, move, move <laughs> on to more more promising game in, in the big derby number 45 where the Eagles 16 goals 7-103 took down the Mighty Dockers 9-8-62. Yeah, it wasn't our best showing, was it? But um, I think after the North game, when we were both actually at it, I'd lost my voice for a good week anyway, so I don't think we could have done the podcast even if we were organised enough for it. No. No, that's all good. So we'll move in. We'll move into the disappointing derby. Um, we'll get started. After quarter time, we did only lose the game by one goal, so we did come back into it. Uh, as we were talking before, you let any team really against us kick a seven goal to one uh, quarter, let alone first quarter, the game the game is going to get away from you. It does make it pretty hard, doesn't it, when you're six goals down at quarter time. Um, not something you want to be looking up at the scoreboard at quarter time. No. Ross was pretty animated at quarter time. I think as much as that, that sort of stat sounds good, like we only lost the, the last three quarters by a goal, it is one of those cherry-pick stats where you know, teams that get flogged can often go, oh, look, we only lost the last quarter by a point. We're yeah. still not bad. I think we got pretty pretty convincingly done, but for a number of reasons, which I'm, I'm sure we'll cover in the next couple of minutes. Yeah, definitely. Well, looking at the stats, we got smashed in disposals, 447 to 358. Inside 50s and clearances were um, even, but it was more uncontested and marks. Like once they got the – well, once we turned it over um, in our forward line, they were just off to the races. Yeah, Eagles are a very methodical team with how they move the ball. So they turn the ball over generally with uh, our man, our favourite hit-up target in our forward line, Jeremy McGovern. They, they, they use him, he takes the mark, he hand-passes or kicks laterally, and they methodically work the ball up the wing or through the middle and then get some run going. And often they'll have you on the overlap and Gaff will get out or Shuey will get out or someone. But... Um, they they sort of play it similar to a Hawthorne game, obviously Simpson being from Hawthorne as well, where they keep the ball off you for a long period of time when they're playing well. Um, so they they flog you with the stats as soon as they uh, they have a win, and uh, they definitely did that this week. I haven't seen us kick it to a spare man in defence. Last time I remember us <sighs> doing that was Brian Lake when we won him the uh, oh. Norm Smith. <laughs> well, it was, you know, I hadn't thought about that because it still sort of uh, brings up past uh, very painful memories for me. Uh, not that we remember much of that night after the game, but no. um, <laughs> I remember getting kicked out of the same strip club twice with you, though. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it was a very much like that. So we just look up, shit ourselves, bomb it in. They'd come back out, probably score a goal, if not, you know, hold the ball for a long period of time. And then when we get the ball again, we do the same thing. So it's, it's very much immature football by the guys. Um, and I think guys like Fife and Monday should have been like, 
like, boys, let's not do that anymore. Let's hold the ball up if they're they're outnumbering us in our forward line. Kick sideways. It's, let's just make it so it's two, three minutes before the next goal, not 30 seconds. Do you think that it's a, a new forward line, like it's a gelling thing between the forwards and the mids, or what would you put it down to? And the other thing is, and why is why can we not get the ball to ground? Like that just seems, not even to ground, but a creative contest. Well, it's pretty hard to spoil McGovern, for one. He's but um, I think it's reminiscent of how we've been playing for the last 18 months or so. We, we've had bad forward entries, and I think when we were really good in 2015, which is a long time ago now, isn't it? It was because we were moving the ball quickly through the midfield that we were scoring. And when we were scoring the last couple of weeks, that was when we were scoring, was those quick movements. Yeah. So it's not the fact that we're getting good on inside 50s when we score. It's the fact that the ball's coming in so quickly that they can't set up. Whereas when when they are set up and we bring the ball in, we get found out pretty quickly, particularly with guys like McGovern and Yo and uh, Barass. So uh, I'm not sure what the, the solution is. I think it has to be something to do with not kicking inside 50 before we're ready to kick it inside 50. Yep. And also making sure our kick inside 50 is a sure thing, even if it's to the 45-metre mark, rather than just kicking high into no one to get it deep, particularly when we do that when we don't even have players there. So kicking to that one when it's slow, like particularly towards the end of games when you're wasting time, you want the big contest, the pack of 10, that's fine. But when you're kicking to a one-on-three in that sort of scenario, what do you think is going to happen? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It seems like we do it a lot. No, that was disappointing. But in the forward line, um, positives for old rickety cricket. I thought he had a had a reasonable game for a forward line that didn't get a lot of quality put in there. Kicking the first three goals of our game, he was pretty good. Yeah, rickety cricket keep, keeps growing each game, doesn't he? Yeah. He's, he's going to be one of our favourite players soon, I think, yeah. if he keeps growing. Um, definitely. I really like him. He looks, he just is, he looks very... He <laughs> looks disgusting. Can we just put it that? But yeah, <laughs> footy wise, footy wise, he seems quite he seems quite athletic, and I think he's going to grow into his body and become quite skillful as well. Like he certainly looks like he definitely knows how to play the game. Well, this is a massive side note, but um, so just you saying he's going to grow into his body. So I was watching something on Fox Footy yesterday, and it was something to do with the top twenty media, you know. Uh, bombshells, and one of them was Lyon leaving St Kilda to come to us. But they had when Fitzroy lost, uh, so Fitzroy got um, booted from the the, uh, the league, and their last game was against Frio at Super. Yeah, I think I was there. Like I, I somewhat remember, we pants them as well by like sixty points in their last game, and they they were showing footage after the game of the Fitzroy boys walking around, and they all looked like weeds. Like they all looked really skinny. Uh, and really unathletic. I was thinking, has the game changed so much that now when you look at someone that's an AFL player, you're like, they should be an absolute rig and huge in the arms and stuff like that. Um, and I think cricket looks like he's still in the weedy phase. Yeah. Like he doesn't look big in the arms. He's a key forward. He should be huge, really. Um, so if he starts putting on a bit of that weight uh, and keeps his that, that speed and that athleticism, then I agree with you. Watch out, man. Yeah. No, I def- when I say grow into his body, I just mean de- probably more develop than, like, he's, he's definitely not small, 
But yeah, I reckon he's he's still got room for improvement. He's tall, but he's not thick. No, is he? No, he's not thick, boy. Um, he's not thick. Like you know how five really packed on weight. Yeah. Do we since you've, <laughs> since, you know Fife, Fife really uh, packed on that weight when he went from sort of the half forward to the midfield role? If we can get you know Fife hanging out with Grickety Cricket, they both have long hair. They can talk about that. Um, but get him on Fife's gym regime, and we could have another like absolute gun there. Definitely. Since you've bought Fife up, do we jump into the trade rumor? Oh yeah, yeah. Let, let's. But. Um, I'll have a little rant about that first. So basically, the media is so ready to jump at anything. Like yesterday or the day before was pretty slow news, so they just jumped at it. But it was some guy at 96FM, I think, that that goes, oh, so I heard that the Fife deal is pretty much done. It's like, okay, what deal? So he's being talked to as a restricted free agent. Frio still have to see the deal and say yes or no. Oh, there's so many things to the story that was just like overlooked and it was just media going, ooh, that'll get some clicks. Definitely. What especially, do you reckon? Especially after the derby. I mean, people yeah. like... Yeah, after... And Fife was under the spotlight as well. Yeah. The, the elbowing... Well, sorry for Yo headbutting his elbow. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I watched... I listened to Brad Scott. Um, he was on Fox Footy and Brad Scott just shook his head and he said he's a restricted free agent. That's not even possible. He just said that's that's wrong from beginning to end. Like you can a deal a deal with him cannot be done. We can wait. Frio can wait till the last minute of the trade week to match the offer. So no deal's done until that that very last minute where where we decide yes or no. Are we going to match? So you you got to get a possible offer, then you got to wait all that time for us to possibly match it. So. I don't think, yeah. yeah, it was just wrong from the start. Well, the interesting thing was St Kilda have come out and they were equally as embarrassed by it because, one, he was saying he was getting the information directly from a board member and they are like, holy shit. Like, even if that was the case, one, they're looking for the leak and they're like, you cannot fucking tell people this already. And two, they're like, what sort of uh, picture are we painting of our board members that are leaking stuff to some peanut that works at a Perth radio station? Yeah. So it, it, the whole thing was just really that should be something where the media go, okay, you're, you've got a two-week suspension, mate. Like, you suck. Yeah. For, for coming out. Like, why do AFL players get suspended for stupid actions but not media people? Yeah, a, <laughs> More Perth, or less. a Perth DJ who pretty much just bought in to the whole AFL media scene. But a respected station like us won't buy into it, Juddy. Well, uh, our, our sources are always, uh, we pretty much name our sources, so you can track back any information, and most of what we say is hearsay anyway, so it doesn't really matter what no. we say. Right, moving, uh, we'll move into this week, coming up, we'll have a quick look at the Donzers game before we launch into some fantasy and some roughies. <coughs> so we got the Sunday afternoon game against Essendon, I would consider us an Essendon uh, not at similar stages, but this is a this is another possible game for us. Um, this one, depending on how we come out, I think this is definitely a winnable game. I understand. Think it's winnable. I think probably where we and us and Essendon are at as like a similar performance state, not necessarily a similar development state, but similar performance. So yeah. inconsistent. Um, can pull out a pretty good game. 
fairly sloppy most of the time, but good spirit. Yeah. That's, I don't know, that's sort of where I see both teams. Definitely. So um, I think good thing we haven't left Perth for a couple of weeks. We're probably in a decent bill of health besides Hill starting to get those guys. Like we're starting to get pressure from underneath with Peel. So I think um, I think we're in a really good space to beat them and they're going to have to get over a few woes from last week. Um, I, I think this Merritt guy, Zach Merritt, is such a gun. Like he is an absolute weapon. So we're going to have to send probably, I don't know who goes to him. I was going to say Blakely, but he's pretty quick. Yeah. Pretty hard runner. Maybe if we give Shero a roll, unless Shero gets dropped, which would be great. Oh, yeah, hopefully. Um, that'd, be, that'd be pretty good. We'll get into that when, what do you live, reckon? when live teams gets dropped. We'll look at who gets named. Um, yeah, it, which, which uh, after you've given your opinion, I'll, uh, I'll read out the thing, mate. Well, things have been released. Well, this week to me is we need Michael Walters to fire and we need old Tambling down yeah, back. Yeah, 100% agree. Old Tambling down back to hold Danaher down. Um, old Tambling? Yeah. <laughs> um, shout out, Ducky. Did you call him Tambling? <laughs> yeah, I call him Tambling because it's saying it wrong and that's where Ducky's from and Ducky coined that that the use of the wrong naming. Yeah, I do love that. Um, but Sometimes yeah. I listen to, to Pebble Rain and just laugh at Ducky. Like, I don't even really listen. <laughs> But no, Joe Danaher needs to have a quiet one and Michael Walters needs to step up, especially if he gets thrown in the middle. We need him to have that game. Remember, I think it was against Adelaide. In Adelaide, he kicked like three goals and had 30 disposals. Um, I th- we still lost um, the game, but he just had that, that one where he played in the in the midfield and just played out of his skin. Um, yeah, I think you know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, I, I remember. I'm pretty well, sure. I, think, I, think it's, I think it's really important that he plays a game where he's relatively consistent across four quarters. So he only played well against Melbourne. I think it was the Melbourne game. He only played well in the fourth quarter. He was pretty shit until then, um, from memory. So I think he's been pretty average across you know most quarters in the first six rounds. So I think we need him to step up in general. And I think when the midfield gets, when they begin to get on top of us on the weekend was when Brad Hill, well, Stephen wasn't there, but Brad Hill wasn't looking dangerous, no Stephen there. There was no no one there that looked to be on the outside looking dangerous, and then they can lock down players like Mundy and Fife, and it becomes easier to defend. So yeah. I think it's super important that Walters gets in there and looks dangerous. I yeah, 100%. It is dangerous. I, um, I think Walters can add the... It's not the same sort of player, but the, the flair that we miss from Hill, like can break the lines, good left footer, relatively skillful, um, will take the game on, those sort of things. Yeah. Whereas we just missed a whole player that does that basically on the weekend. And I think other two midfielders being down money and five, basically it was Blakely, Neil, and, um, and, and those were the main guys. So... Yeah, I think um, if Walters can have a bit of a crack and get some form going, that'd be really useful. Oh, definitely. So the teams are still waiting, uh, even though it's clearly six twenty-five PM. They haven't been dropped. Say <laughs> <So> again. <laughs> okay, well, teams haven't been dropped. We can move in. We can quickly jump right to fantasy. Oh well. We got two weeks uh, to get through. Yeah, we sure do. So um, go around five, which. Uh, which would have been a good week to talk about, but 
in terms of our, uh, our fantasy game, it was um, it was pretty close in the end. So um, actually, no, it wasn't. I absolutely annihilated you. So I had Talia score three points, which gives me a ninety-seven for Talia. <laughs> and I also had Roe and Nathan Brown score seventeen, giving me eighty-three apiece. So I scored our highest score so far at two sixty-three. <laughs> Did Talia uh, get injured, or what happened? Yeah, I think Tucker hurt his hamstring, came off, but then he was okay next, the next week, um, which is such a treat. This is sort of what you want. You want a guy that's injury-prone but can still get up the next week, <laughs> like the Pedro Rourke style. <laughs> <laughs> um, Pedro Rourke once broke his back in inverted commas and played, I think, one week later. <laughs> um, all right, so your team, you had Rance, Nick Smith, and Lemons all score around the 50 marks. Mm. So you got around, you got 149. <clears throat> uh, well, this week, mate, is a completely different story. So um, the final margin was seven points. <clears throat> I'll run through your players. Rance scored you a 61, which uh, you just need him to get less of the ball, mate. Nick Smith and Lemons uh, were both a bit better. Nick Smith got 38 in a Sydney loss and Lemons 58, whereas for me, Rowe, 47. Sam Rowe, such a treat. He, I don't think he's got over 50 yet. Nathan Brown, 43. And Jonas, 60. So, final score, Monkey, 143. Giardi, 150. <laughs> it's currently 4-0, but... <laughs> Undefeated. Well, we're going to have to make some big changes this week. Um, yeah, let's do another mid-season draft. Um, no, I'm only going to make the one change. I'm getting yeah. rid of Lemons. Lemons has been killing me. Mate, he's one of your only players that's been playing every week. <laughs> yeah, but he's still killing me. No, actually, I'll drop Rance. I'll drop Rance. Um, <laughs> Mate, okay, so so far you're carrying Vickery, who hasn't played in weeks, and you're going to drop Rance. <laughs> okay, I'll drop I'll drop Vickery. <laughs> and I'm, yeah. and I'm gonna I'm gonna bring on I'm gonna bring Mason Cox in. Yeah, I like that. Is he playing? Definitely? Uh, I hope so. Well, he played last week. He's such a crab. I don't know if he'll get back in. Well, I hope so. But anyway, Ty Vickery for Mason Cox. Straight swap, pretty much. Um, yep. And then, but I'll put Lemons on the bench, if we have a bench. Uh, just drop him. I won't pick him up, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the we- one. I'm only making the one trade. Oh, yeah. Well, so the whole, mate, you're forgetting the rules. So we have five players, and it's the best three out of the five. The oh, best okay. highest going three out of the five in okay. terms of reverse fantasy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Makes so we've got two two reserves each week, and it doesn't matter who you pick. Um, all right, so I'm going to get rid of um, Phil Davis, who's done a hammy, and I am going to add in... I've been really looking at Jesse White, but I'm scared he's going to get... Um, De- uh, not delisted, but dropped. I'm going to add in Josh Green, who plays for Essendon, um, I think. Doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Uh, he was the guy that they said had put on a little bit too much weight last year uh, when he was playing for Brisbane, <laughs> and that's my sort of player. So um, I'm going to pick up Josh Green. So we'll see how we go this week. Uh, you're looking to break your duck, mate. Uh, we could be on, but... More importantly, just coming in hot off the press, teams have just been dropped. Have they? Yeah, I'll just have to figure out how it works. <laughs> On the new, oh man, the new Facebook, the new app for AFL is so bad. 
But no, it's not. I'm getting I'm getting the stats in now. They're coming in. They're coming in. All right, our teams haven't been dropped yet, but only Gold Coast and Geelong have. Ooh, there's been a lot of changes in that game. So the Dockers haven't. They don't get an out yet because Sunday Arvo. They won't. No, they do. They just name an extended bench because the Melbourne Hawks game's been uploaded. So we got Subban, Sutcliffe, and Tabner. Smoke and Joe Hogan's come back in for Melbourne. So they still won't. They still won't name Collins. How do you know? Well, well, the, the, well, the Frio's ins are Subban, Sutcliffe, and Tabernard. Oh, they have dropped. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, they are too. All right. So surely Sutcliffe comes in, maybe. So we're not adding in Griffin yet. Bombers have two Ruckman, don't they? Oh, Bill Chambers is out. Sweet. And Joe Watson is rested. Mate, we, we might smash him. I don't know if we'll smash him, but. Oh, they brought in Lewenberger for Bill Chambers. Kelly. All right. Well, okay, we should go through them and name them so people can understand why we're talking about it. Kelly comes in for Essendon with Stanton, Lewenberger, Myers, Hartley, Stewart, Francis, and Much. Yeah, Kobe Much is a good name. For bringing up their, uh, so that's their extended list. And so the Dockers are going to include maybe two of these three, you'd say, out of Subban, Sutcliffe, and Tabernard? Well, I think Subban's just coming in as the emergency. Um, I, yeah, maybe Tabner because the forward line didn't really function very well. Um, and I'd say Cam Sutcliffe's done enough to come back in. He's still pretty young as well, so I don't yeah. mind him coming. He's not in the um, the Daniel Pierce category. He's sort of just in the category of I don't really like the way he used to play. I think he had <laughs> over 35 touches. Yeah, I think he had 35, 36 and was, has done that on the wing, midfield, and half-back. So he can sort of be a bit of a utility for us mm. around those positions. i got no idea how Collins doesn't get named. Yeah, it's disappointing, particularly when um, Ibbotson's still getting named. Like, come on, man. Can we drop Ibbotson yet? Yeah, I'm not what, sure. Why is he a protected species? They might be getting... Um, the back six might be getting off a little bit light just because of the way that it's moving in. So they might not even, you know, it's coming in that quick. They don't really, and people are getting out the back, so they're bleeding goals through things that might not be their fault. So maybe that's why Ibo's keeping as the in the, As in they're putting the blame on the midfield sort of pressure, midfield forward pressure rather than the backs. Yeah, not sure. Well, that's the only thing I can offer up. Otherwise, I would say straight swap Collins for Ibbotson. It's time to make a move. Well, I don't see what... They're holding on Davidson in there for like maybe they have you know sometimes teams you hate a player as a fan but the teams really like him like Zach Dawson. Well, well I don't even think they like him, but maybe like Sean McManus was <laughs> one. It's like, do we really need that guy playing? Um, but yeah, those sort of things. I don't know, but yeah, interesting that uh, Subin and Sutcliffe come back in. I can um, see Sheridan getting dropped for Subin quite easily. I think it'd be Sutcliffe that would come in for Sheridan. I think Subin's probably the third player out of those three that will to come in. He's the emergency, I'd say. <clears throat> All right. Well, moving away from teams, and let's jump into Ruffies. Um, we yeah, both, Jared Ruffheads. I went terribly in round five. Yeah, we both didn't win. Um, you pick Sydney over JWS. Sydney kicked the first four goals of the game in the first two and a half minutes, and then I don't think they scored another goal for two quarters or something like that. GWS kicked the next nine. 
Yep. Uh, and I went Saints in Geelong. Um, Almost. Which, yeah, Saints were pretty good, but um, Saints have been that team this year that I've backed so many times in my own bets and also this, and uh, and they just don't want to get across the line for me. They get close. All right, so this week there's a couple of big odds games. The two that we won't, well, the two that we won't probably pick is the Ruse at home versus Adelaide at six bucks and five, and Brisbane in Sydney at six seventy. They're pretty juicy. I've put money on Sydney. I think I've backed them in the roughies. I think I've, I've picked them three times, and they still can't get up at a dollar eleven. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put a cent on them. I, I, I wouldn't trust them. Yeah. Same I goes, agree. Same goes to the Hawkers. Probably a game that I'm looking at and moving towards might be the Doggies Richmond. Doggies could be a bit cooked from last week against GWS coming back. Um, Richmond. That this will probably be a massive game for Richmond after all the hype that they get. Well, they get it, I'm pretty sure, unjustified, but this would be a big game for them coming off that, getting absolutely smashed, meant to be the yep. real deal. So I could see them getting them up, getting up at $3.52. So that's probably what I'm going to lock in, actually, as much as I hate Richmond. Yeah, I like that. Um, I actually really agree with that. I reckon Richmond could bounce back. And they're actually not a terrible side. They're just nowhere near as good as everyone think, or everyone was talking about them being. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'm actually going to the Richmond Dockers game next week. Uh, we, yeah, in whatever round that'll be, round eight. So it should be a little treat. Um, hopefully Freo can rock up for it. Um, all right, so this week I really was tempted by a few of those $6 odds games, particularly, you know, a team that's uh, oh, winless going in and the opposition is $6. But um, I'm going to go, I think Carlton actually are pretty good and I don't think Collingwood, like Collingwood are okay. Carlton For Carlton to be $3.20 in this game is pretty outrageous, so I'll chuck my five bucks on a Carlton. Carlton being $3.25 is almost as outrageous as Collingwood being $1.36. Oh, they're on a, the same amount of wins. Carlton had a win last week, so did Collingwood. But, you know, are Collingwood back just because they beat Geelong and Geelong didn't play very well? I mean, or, and we've been talking about Geelong have been ready to drop one for a long time. Yeah, well, you can put money... You can put money on the line. You can have Carlton plus nine and a half points at a dollar ninety two. Yeah, that's pretty rowdy as well. No, nah, I'm not going to do that. But I want that in. three bucks. All right. <laughs> well, <sighs> go on, mate. No, nah, well, I think we were going to talk about the Yo Five thing. Maybe should we finish. have a quick chat about the MRP in general, but then the Yo Five. Yeah, I could definitely bring up the MRP. I got bones to pick with them massively this week. Um, Rory Sloan punches Ebert in the face in a similar situation, misses the ball, goes straight into his face, draws blood, Ebert leaves the ground. Green hits the smallest guy on the field with a helmet on, so he's got a helmet on, hits him, misses the ball. That front-on angle looks really bad. He gets two weeks for that. Yeah, um, the front-on angle looked terrible, but only in slow-mo. Yeah. In real time, it just looked like it was a sloppy spoil. <laughs> and But how, I don't understand how, if you watch the Sloan incident, it is it is just as bad. It is the same. Like, it is obviously no two incidents on the football field are identical. But as far as they go, there's a two-week difference between them. I don't even think he got fined. Yeah. 
the inconsistency is still the major problem. It's similar with umpiring. It's the inconsistency that people get worried about. If we could predict what things would happen, people would be a lot happier. Even if it was like someone punching someone in the face and not getting a wig, we'd be like, no, that's the same as last time. But it's the inconsistency that people hate. Uh, I think those incidents where it's a sloppy spoil and the person ends up being relatively okay, I mean, the free kick, the 50-metre penalty, on-field penalties, I think, do them. But really, does, does he deserve to miss two weeks for, like, a little tap? Oh, I don't know. Um, the other one is the yo tackling Fife at a contest, no free kick. Fife wriggling, basically just wriggling his arms out of a yo tackle and clipping him in the in the face. It wasn't one of those where you're being tackled and you swing the arm back where you know they are. And people going, he should get 100 weeks. Yeah, I love reading the Facebook threads for that yeah, sort of thing. The thing that probably got him there was the fact that Yo was down a lot lower than Fife. Like, Fife was standing up a lot taller. taller. So when you watch it, he's just swung from his elbow height backwards and Yo's down there. And it's probably more... It's just a natural reaction. It's, probably. it's more incidental rather than he actually swung his elbow, even if it was reckless or careless or whatever. Just incidental contact. Similar to if you accidentally touch someone in the head in the marking contest, it's not necessarily a high contact free or a suspension or whatever. Well, I'm glad that they got that one right. Yeah. I love um, similarly now reading uh, all the – I love Facebook thread threads purely because they make my blood boil and amuse me at the same time. It's like this weird mix. But reading how apparently it's because Fife's protected species and then it'll be like – the AFL just wants him to win a brown line. People will be like, he's definitely not going to win the brown line. So it's like the same people are saying the same point but arguing different points. Different reasons for it. Yeah, so good. <laughs> and then there's just some peanut. My new favourite page, which I hope all of our four listeners listen, uh, start watching, is um, what's it called? Battlers on Facebook or Footy Battlers or something like footy, that? Footy Naffers, maybe? Nuffies, Footy Nuffies. Oh, yes, it's one of my favourites, so I'll find it right now. <clears throat> but no. Nuff, nuffies on AFL pages. Because we've been talking about Nuffies on AFL pages for so, for so long. And we finally got a, a page that we can post all our fun things to. Definitely. I just love it. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll reconvene next week. We'll get this episode up now for the listeners to get into before the big week of footy. Um, and we'll have a big episode next week before you go watch the Dockers live, Juddy. Sounds good, mate. Maybe we can do one from Melbourne after the game. All right. Sounds good, mate. Thank you. All right, monkey. Lovely to chat again, buddy. See you all later. See ya.